0: Hello everyone. My name is Brooklyn Myers and I am an Elixir newbie. My goal is to help people adopt Elixir and grow as developers while doing the same myself. I do that by documenting and sharing my own experience in the Elixir industry. It's been an incredible journey so far and I look forward to taking the next step with you. So let's jump in to the Elixir newbie podcast. one point or another. And if you are new in Elixir, if you're new to programming, then chances are you have either already experienced it or are on your way to experiencing it. And so if you don't know, imposter syndrome is this feeling you get when what you're doing feels incongruent with your identity. And so you start to feel like an imposter. And one example of that is if you're a new Elixir developer or you're new to programming, period, but you're starting to call yourself a software developer, you're starting to say, yeah, I program in Elixir, then that can make you feel like an imposter. When you get your first job as an Elixir developer, you can feel like an imposter because you don't really know what you're doing yet, but you're telling other people that you are qualified and competent for the job. I think there's two versions of imposter syndrome that I see out there. One is that you feel like an imposter despite having evidence to the contrary. So let's say you're pretty distinguished in your field, you have done something noteworthy, you've built some program that's noteworthy, and you feel like an imposter because 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 when people look at that, they look at you and think, oh, that person is experienced or they're an expert of some kind. You know, if you're newer, you still might get that when people ask you uh, technical questions. And because you're a developer, they kind of think that you're you're going to have the answer. And so you start to feel like you're an imposter despite having evidence to the contrary. But then there's this second version of imposter syndrome, which I think is closer to actually being an imposter. And it's not a bad thing. It's not, you know, you're, you're pretending to be a pilot sneaking onto a plane and then taking people who knows where. It's not that kind of imposter. It's an imposter in the sense that you're trying to do something that you haven't done before. And so you're pushing yourself outside of what you're comfortable with and stepping into doing something that you are unfamiliar with. And that's one of the only ways to grow. You know, the people who don't feel like imposters are the people who have done the same thing for the past 10 years and never pushed themselves outside of their comfort zone. You know, imposter syndrome is this thing that you can start to feel as you push yourself into something that you are unfamiliar with. And you start out by feeling like an imposter. And then later down the line, as you continue to do it, you know, you start to actually bring that into your identity. So, you know, a lot of people start off learning programming and they don't actually call themselves developers. And by the way, this is something I think you should try as much as you can to identify yourself as a developer, having a an identity as a developer. Even if you've only programmed one thing or written one line of code, it changes the way that you think about programming and it changes your effectiveness at learning it. Um, so if you're if you're feeling like an imposter, that can actually be a good sign. It can be an indication that you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and you are at the first stage of learning and growing yourself into a better person. I mean, starting this podcast, I have a ton of imposter syndrome. I'm speaking to people in the community who I've looked up to for... a a long time and having one-on-one conversations with them. You know, even, funny enough, even talking about imposter syndrome, I feel like an imposter because it's not as though this is a solved problem for me. In fact, I don't think imposter syndrome is a problem. I think it's just this, this feedback that your brain gives you when you're doing things to let you know what stage you're at. And if you're feeling like an imposter, that's this indication to yourself that whatever you're doing is pushing you outside of your comfort zone. And then given that feedback, you need to think about it and decide, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, for example, when I started the podcast and was recording the intro, you'll notice that I say, and I'm very clear about, I am an Elixir newbie. And that was really important for me to Establish early on in the podcast because I didn't want to set myself up as some experienced uh, thought leader in the community. I just am someone who really enjoys programming, who is learning in public, and who wants to share that with other people. And that's it. And that is daunting in its own right. I don't need to add to that list. Yes, and I'm experienced at this thing that I'm not incredibly experienced at. I'm learning some things and I'm able to share things with other people, and people are finding that useful. But I haven't been doing this for 10 years. And so, selling it as though I were an experienced Elixir developer would be not imposter syndrome. That would actually be being an imposter. And so, as you're thinking about imposter syndrome, it's important to navigate that line and figure out. Are you feeling this because you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone? Or are you feeling this because you're doing something that's incongruent and you don't feel good about it and it doesn't work with you? And it's a really fine line because sometimes you need to have an outward appearance of confidence even when you're not feeling entirely confident. Not because you need to pretend to know something that you don't, but because if you don't... If you allow yourself to say break down with anxiety when you're up and doing a speech um, that's not going to be very productive and sometimes you do i think have to maintain control of those sorts of emotions and if someone asked you and said hey like are you feeling nervous right now you can you can tell them the truth you're not lying you're like yeah absolutely i'm feeling nervous right now but keeping that in check and keeping that in control is important. And the closer to the line you are to feeling imposter syndrome without feeling like an actual imposter, um, the more you're pushing yourself into something that is going to grow you into a better person. And so it's it's just this balance of making sure that you're honest about your abilities without being self-deprecating either. Like, one important thing to remember is that just because you don't think that you know something that could be useful to other people doesn't mean that's true. Uh, A quote I really enjoy is, it's not your job to judge yourself. Other people will do that for you. And so you might think that you don't have enough experience as a developer or that you don't know uh, what you should know. But When actually quizzed on it, you might have a lot of experience, you might have a lot that you do know, you might have things that are useful for other people and things that you can share. I remember when I first got into programming, you know, people would would ask questions about things and, hey, how do we do this? And my answer would be, let me go find out, because I didn't know. But there was this turning point a few years into my career where people would ask questions and I would either know the answer or know how to find the answer and started having this this realization of like, oh, I don't feel any different than I did a year or two years ago. And yet I seem to know a lot more than I did when I first started. And you can have that feeling too. So figuring out if you're feeling imposter syndrome or being an imposter, one, there's there's there, there are I shouldn't say one, I don't have a two, so I'll just say um, it's okay to be slightly an imposter. As long as you're not truly lying about your ability and being an actual imposter, if it's more of a you're trying to do something that you haven't done before and you're trying to do so confidently, then that is a very different thing than someone starting a... Uh, Job as a developer and having never learned to read or write the language at all. You know, those are two very, very different things. And so I think a lot of the narrative surrounding imposter syndrome tends to be centered around how do we stop feeling imposter syndrome? And this is a very classic train of thought, especially if you're the type of person who thinks that there are positive emotions that you want to experience and negative emotions that you don't want to experience. But for me, I think that emotions are just this feedback that your incredible brain gives you to let you understand your situation and your environment better. These emotions that you're experiencing are just data points for you to look at and use as a source of information about what's going on and how you should act. So, for example, if you're feeling imposter syndrome, it's important to analyze that and figure out, well, why are you feeling imposter syndrome? Is there something that you don't know? Is there unknown unknowns? Is it more of a vague unease? Or is there a very specifically, you haven't uh, read this book or learned about this process or learned about this tool and... Or, or, or built this thing or, or whatever it is that you're feeling, can you analyze that feeling and convert it into actions that you could take to help yourself along that path and to not negate and eliminate the emotion, but to take that emotion and convert it into useful action. If, you know, for example, when I feel imposter syndrome about this podcast One of the things I'm doing is I'm going out and taking this course by uh, Charles Max Wood about podcasting and how to do it better. And so that feeling of being an imposter is motivating me to reach out to resources that can help me gain the skills I need to be more confident and be more competent at what I'm trying to do. And so you can take that feedback of feeling like an imposter and as opposed to trying to push it away, or shove it aside, or bottle it down, or, you know, get rid of it. Um, emotions exist for a reason. If you're having an emotion, I mean, our, our, our incredible bodies and brains have been uh, evolved over a very long period of time. If emotions were useless, and things that you should just discard, they wouldn't exist in the first place. And so treating them as though they are an incredibly useful source of information. I think this is particularly common among uh, software developers because we tend to be quite analytical. And I think there tends to be this feeling or this thought, I should say, that feelings and emotions are less useful than analytical thought. And the reality is they're both just ways of understanding something. They're both just forms of thought. And so you can take those incoming emotions of being an imposter, convert them into some kind of action, and use it as a useful data point to get you to where you want to be and become the person that you want to be. You know, if if you want to be the person that you are right now and you don't want to change, and and that's how you want to go forward in life, then chances are you're probably never going to feel imposter syndrome because you'll always be the same person. But if you're trying to push yourself and grow and Are jumping into new and uncomfortable situations then chances are you're going to feel like an imposter and that's okay the point of this is not to talk about how you can stop feeling imposter syndrome the point of this is to talk about how imposter syndrome is an incredibly useful feedback tool and can help you take action forward so this is where I'm feeling imposter syndrome I wouldn't tell anyone, here's how you stop feeling imposter syndrome, one, because I don't think that's useful, but two, because I clearly am still experiencing it. And I'd rather take the approach that I think that is a good thing, not a bad thing, because I think everyone seems to experience it in cycles in their life. You start out feeling like an imposter, you get experience, you get to the point where like, all right, I kind of... You, you know what you're doing. You you've started to understand what's going on. You start to have answers to all of your questions, and that is that moment where you go, okay, maybe time to shake things up because now you can reset and feel like an imposter again and learn a bunch more. and And that will be this constant feedback loop throughout your life, uh, or constant cycle, I should say, throughout your life of feeling like an imposter, growing and building yourself into someone who feels more confident and then trying something new and feeling like an imposter again. And that is this this continuous process you can do to grow yourself further and further. So, again, my my thoughts about imposter syndrome boiled down to, rather than trying to get rid of it, embrace it and embrace the feeling that you're going through. I had this manager who I think originated this thought. And he was an incredible manager. One of the best managers I've ever worked with had decades, decades and decades of experience and always had a deep understanding of whatever challenge or problems we were going through, and including ones on the emotional side of things with development like imposter syndrome. And I was talking about it with him, and he said that his attitude about imposter syndrome, despite being someone who is very distinguished in the industry. In fact, that can actually make it worse because then the expectation of you is higher. You feel even more like an imposter. And so it doesn't necessarily get better just because you are uh, further along in your career and, and, and more experienced. And he said his thought process for how to deal with imposter syndrome was, yeah, sure, I'm an imposter. But until my superior or CEO or whoever decides that that's a problem, then I'm going to keep doing the work and I'm going to keep doing the job. And it's sort of this, this mentality, this philosophy of, yeah, sure. Like I'm an imposter. Absolutely. But I'm doing the work, aren't I? And I'm going to keep doing the work. And any time I spend analyzing the truth or falsehood of that, Is just time I could have spent doing the thing that I'm supposed to do. And it's the responsibility of other people to decide if you are an imposter or not. And I thought that was quite profound. I thought that was an interesting approach. And so that, I think, has formed a lot of the foundation of how I think about imposter syndrome. This episode was also partially inspired by a friend of mine who... For the first time in his career, despite being in his first programming job outside of co-ops and university and things like that, coming out of university for the first time and working as a developer, is finding himself in a position of some management responsibility. They have interns who are coming into the company, and he is responsible for helping them with the project that they're working on. And... In the specific tool that they're working with, uh, React, which is a front-end framework, so it designs the client and the, and the the interface that you see when you when you visit the the page in your in your browser, like Google or something. Um, it's this tool, React, and and he doesn't have a lot of experience with React, but the people who are coming in as interns have a lot of specific experience with React, and so we were talking, and and he was having this feeling of they seem to know more about me than this specific tool and yet I am somehow in the position of helping them out and uh, guiding them and, and telling them what to do and he was saying that is making him feel a lot of imposter syndrome because there's this expectation that he knows more about the system and the tool because he is in that kind of management position and it's a tough spot because the expectation in this case is being put on from the outside, and, and this is why I think imposter syndrome is often caused by an incongruency between your actions and your identity. And your identity can be imposed by other people. So, if other people are saying we think that you're ready for a management position and you're ready to guide other people, but you don't feel that way, that's one of those moments where you have to take this opportunity because a responsibility has been put on you, and it's your job to do it, but you also don't feel like you're necessarily qualified or prepared for that. And that can happen all throughout your career. And in thinking about how to handle a situation like that, the thing I told him and my way of thinking about it goes back to that embracing of imposter syndrome. And what I said was, They cannot force you to be more or less than you are. And if you don't know something, it's not on you to pretend that you do know or mock some air of authority. In fact, the people who I think have made the best managers were not the ones who showed how much they know it was the ones who could listen and understand and support. In fact, I, I, I've, I've heard the advice of if you're the manager and you're the smartest person in the room, you've done something wrong. So counterintuitively, it is okay to know less about the specific domain than the people that you are helping and working with. And so, yeah, you're going to feel like an imposter, but I think you can confidently feel like an imposter yes I don't know a thing absolutely I have no understanding of that but let's see how we can figure it out and you don't need to come from a position of authority if that's not how you feel you know pretty much anything I talk about on this podcast I try to come from the angle of I'm just learning and I'm just trying to figure this out too as opposed to pretending to be some sort of expert or to have expertise in Elixir and to be sharing what I definitely know a lot about. You know, hey, I might know some things and I might be able to share information that is useful. And I, I think there's evidence to say that I do that and getting feedback on some of the things that I write about and having that appear to be useful to other people. There's clearly ideas I have that other people find useful, but I'm not going to come from the position of I'm an expert and I know better than you. This is a, a dialogue and a thought process. And, and I change my mind when new information comes in. And so if you're feeling like an imposter, one thing you can also do is figure out how are you setting yourself up? Because, and, and when I say that, how are you establishing your identity right now? Because if your identity is incongruent with your actions, then you're going to feel imposter syndrome. You're going to, you know, in this case, uh, my friend was feeling imposter syndrome because he felt like he needed to be an expert manager person who knows lots about the system so that he can support these junior developers, and he doesn't feel like that. And so imposter syndrome can sometimes be a provocation to ask the question, how are you setting up your identity and can you adjust that? One of the ways to, to um, react to the information of feeling like an imposter is to figure out, well, how are you setting up your identity and how can you change that? And in this case, if you're feeling like you need to pretend to be some sort of expert, can you shift that expectation to feel more comfortable with who you actually are and what you actually know? Really, no one can force you to pretend to be something that you're not and if they put that expectation on you you're allowed to disagree and, and not allow anyone to put some sort of false expectation on you that would cause you to feel like an imposter that said you can also try to do things that are outside of your comfort zone and that you don't know for sure if you can do and that might make you feel like an imposter because you are trying to do something that you haven't done before but everything that you can do, you haven't done before at some point in your life, and so it's it's this balance of managing that emotion, but continuing to push yourself outside of your comfort zone so that you will grow. I remember I did an interview once where they wanted a React developer, and we started talking. We started about, talking about the technical implementation of their app and. Um, they wanted someone who was a technical expert with React in more of a consulting position. And having it set up that way during the entire interview, I felt really uncomfortable because I felt pressured to pretend to be some kind of expert as opposed to someone who's good at figuring things out who can find information and who can accomplish tasks, but isn't necessarily deeply familiar with the internal workings of React and, you know, the core library um, or, or is some kind of expert on the subject. And I walked out of that interview really feeling bad about how it had gone not because I failed to meet that expectation, but because I'd set up that expectation in the first place, I wish I had been more honest from the start in saying, hey, look, for what you're doing, I can probably accomplish the goal and be useful to you. And I can, I can deliver value here. My experience is going to help this project because I've worked with this tool before. But if you're looking for... A React consultant who has decades of experience and knows all of this information offhand, that's not me. I'm not going to be that person. And because I was feeling a lot of anxiety, I felt pressured to talking as though I was that person. It's one of the interviews I've done that I definitely regret the most and regret that I set up any sort of expectation that I was an expert because it made me feel really uncomfortable. Now, did I have the skill to do that job and what they needed me to do? Probably. I do think think that in hindsight, probably, I could have done what they wanted, but rather than being honest about what I could provide... It felt like the interview was set up as we need an expert. You're an expert, right? Prove to us that you're an expert. And it was really uncomfortable, and I'll I'll never do anything like that again. I've kind of learned my lesson, and from from here on, it makes me much more comfortable to just say, here's what I know, here's what I don't know. If that's enough for you, great. I'm not going to pretend to be more than I am or disparage myself and pretend to be less than I am. And so walking that line and just being comfortable and confident about what you do and don't know can help assuade those feelings of being an imposter. And part of the difficulty, I think, is that in the software industry, and probably in other places, but I know more about the software industry, people can sometimes set up a conversation with high expectations of you. And they're not necessarily looking for what people's actual abilities are. They're looking to see who can talk about themselves in the best way. This is the classic selling yourself during an interview. And it is a very fine line to walk between selling yourself and saying, here's what I can do, here's what I'm useful at, and overselling yourself in order to compete with the other candidates who might be applying for the job. And this is why I, I really enjoy interviews with people who already know me a lot more than I do interviews with strangers because I find that interviews with people I don't already know have a tendency to feel a lot more formal and they aren't as comfortable with you giving an answer of, oh, I don't really know about that. And they're looking for the person who has the air of confidence more so than the air of someone who is humble or trying to figure things out or who is open to learning. And so sometimes you just get a bad, bad match and it can be uncomfortable, but figuring out how to navigate that situation so that you don't feel like you're setting up some sort of false expectation of yourself. It's, it's tough because you might feel a lot of pressure. You might feel like you need the job and how to navigate that, is going to be different in every circumstance but the biggest thing to remember and think about is how are you setting up your identity as you talk about yourself is it self-aware and true to who you really are and if you are new and don't know things and have blind spots if someone tries to make you feel bad about that and forgive my language for a second, they're the asshole, not you. You're just being honest about where you're at in your career and the potential that you have and the abilities that you have. And if someone judges you because you're honest about yourself and where you're at, you know, that's on them. I don't think that's on you. And so this goes back to that. You can be confident about who you are, where you are, what you are, without needing to pretend to be more than you are and it is a fine line because you need to push yourself but you need to not feel like a real imposter Um, but you can try to do things that are outside of your comfort zone and so it's it's all these little dials that you're kind of navigating and for me the most important thing to keep in mind is to be confident about yourself to be uh to have self-esteem but to have self-awareness to know what you are and what you're not and to still feel confident and comfortable with that because if you're trying to set yourself up as something more than you are chances are you're not feeling self-confident about what you are and if you are new to programming or new to elixir you're probably feeling a lot of that and it's tough. It's, it's a tough thing to navigate. So uh, I wish you tons of luck with it. I would love to hear about what you are experiencing. If you're experiencing imposter syndrome yourself, I'd, I'd love to um, hear more about that and what it's like and, and what you've been doing to kind of help the situation. And uh, if you want to reach out to me, I am Brooklyn J Myers on Twitter. Uh, you can always send me a DM or at mention me and I will always respond. I hope you've learned about imposter syndrome how you can lean into imposter syndrome in order to act on it and to figure out where it's coming from so that you can create a plan of action that, you know, hopefully assuades some of those feelings. And I will catch you on the next episode.